This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim in the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala most gracious most merciful alhamdulillah was salatu was salamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in We praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we thank him upon all conditions we send blessings and salutations upon Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam his entire household all his companions we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless them all and to bless every single one of us and to grant us all goodness my beloved brothers and sisters, the last two weeks I have been speaking about ways of entering paradise. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants us all to work towards entry into paradise. And as a result, there are so many messengers that were sent in order to remind us how we would be able to earn that paradise and how we would be able to save ourselves from heading in the wrong direction. So... To worship Allah alone, that is primarily the most important thing. If a person worships Allah alone and does not associate partners with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in any way and in anything, then there is a very great hope for that person because Allah says he can forgive any other sins that are committed, but he will not forgive association of partnership. If a person dies without having sought forgiveness, from that association of partnership with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So say someone has committed some shirk, someone has associated partners with Allah in something, and after that they happen to repent, there is still good hope for them. That's the mercy of Allah. For as long as you're alive, you are within the exam room. When you are inside the exam room, for as long as you are within the time frame, you will be able to change your answer. I wrote the wrong answer in a mathematics test, and after that I crossed it out and I wrote another answer. The other one was also wrong. I crossed it out, I wrote a third answer. That was also wrong. I then asked for more paper. I got it and I wrote the right answer. So what? I'm still alive, I'm in the exam room. But even if your papers are blank and the exam is over and you walked out of the exam room, it's over, it's gone. So this is the example of life. We are in a massive examination. For as long as you are living, there is nothing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not forgive if you change your answer, if you seek the forgiveness. If you ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant you forgiveness, He will forgive you. Yes, if you have wronged a fellow human being, there is a little bit more involved because now there is another person involved. It's their rights. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us ease. I give you an example. If you are in an exam room and you have stolen the pen of the person next to you in order to write your answers, just an example. Your answer might be right, but you have another case to answer. What is it? You stole someone else's pen. It's up to them to decide, okay, never mind, let it pass. Or for them to say, no, I want to jail this man because of my pen. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us ease and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us an understanding. So I mentioned many points. I want to continue from that. 
from what I spoke about. You might say, well, it wasn't exactly at this venue. Well, the answer to that is these talks are available online. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all ease. Muslim Central is the app that you can actually use in order to get your lectures on your phones as they are delivered. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless those involved. So if you go to muslimcentral.com, you will then find these applications with free audios, thousands, tens of thousands of speeches, and you'll be able to listen to them on your phone as well as in most other platforms. So the point I want to raise today, I want to start off with where I left off last week, and that was the point of good character and conduct. You and I know that a person has two duties, two primary duties. The first is a duty unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He made me, I owe to him worship. Because the one who made me, he is the only one who has the right to tell me what to do. He has the right. He created me. So he can tell me, stand on one foot, and that will be considered an act of worship. But Allah doesn't tell us things that are foolish. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us ease. Some people stand in the sun, harming themselves, putting their hands high, and so on, and thinking that now if the sun scorches me, it means God will be happy with me. No, no. Allah only tells us that which is beneficial for us. This is why Allah says, Alalahu al-khalqu wal-amru. Do you know what that means? Indeed, for him is the creation. He created in the first place. He is the creator. Therefore, he has the instruction. He can instruct because he made. Subhanallah, it's a powerful verse, powerful portion of the verse. Because Allah has created, therefore, he has the right to instruct. So when Allah tells us five salah a day, those who believe that we were created by Allah, they will understand this is the creation. I need to fulfill this salah because Allah made me and has required that I do this. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us an understanding. However, we have another right and that is the rights of fellow human beings. We touched on it a little bit earlier when I mentioned the pen. But remember, it's not good enough to read salah in the first saf or to read five salah a day. But you swear this one, you cheated that one, you deceived that one, you backbit about this one, you did this and that against that one, etc., etc. And you think I'm going to paradise. The test is twofold. How your relation is with the maker and how your relation is with the rest of the creatures of the same maker. Wow, subhanallah. How your relation is with the maker and how your relation is with the creatures of the same maker, the others. So not only mankind, it extends even to animals, even to the other creatures, even the plants and the ecosystem. You cannot destroy what Allah has made without a purpose. Just because you felt like it, okay, today guys, we're going to go out. I've got a new saw to cut trees. We're going to test this hacksaw out. We're going to cut down the whole forest. That's not right. You're just testing a hacksaw or testing an electric saw. That's not fair. That's not good enough. It is a sinful behavior because you are destroying the ecosystem without purpose. But if you have a building to make, you have reason, it's troubling, it's hindering. There are many reasons. It's quite broad. Then you say Bismillah and you do what you have to. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all an understanding. So when we talk to one another, my brothers and sisters, many times we talk to each other. We get upset, not because of what was said, but because of how it was said. We need to jot this down. We need to make a note of this in our families, in our homes, with our parents, with our brothers and sisters, with our family members, community members, etc. Mostly, it's not got to do with what you said that offended the person. It's got to do with how you said it that actually offended them. No matter, even if you want to sell, tell someone how stupid they are, there is a way of doing it. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us. Okay, I don't mean it exactly on that point, but I, know, I hope you understand what I'm saying. 
You can say what you want in a beautiful way. Come across extremely good. You know, if I say, my brother, you know nothing, you are wrong. What do you know? Already I have caused enmity. But if I say, my brother, mashallah, we've benefited from you. We've really, uh, mashallah, you know, so much that has happened. Would you consider if perhaps... And then you mentioned your point. Wow, subhanallah. The person who has a mind, he will understand, whoa, I've been told in a beautiful way that guess what? You know what? You're wrong. Allahu Akbar. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us ease. So there is a way of speaking. This way of speech is known as part of your akhlaq, your character, your conduct. Many times people work for us. We swear them, we shout at them, etc. They are not upset because you issued an instruction. Or they are not upset because you corrected them having made a mistake. They are upset because you insulted them. You disrespected them. That's what it is. You swear a man, big, big swear words. And you expect him to say, no, you know what? You work for me, so I'm allowed to do that. No, no way. Even Allah who created us has never insulted us. So who are you? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us ease. So this akhlaq and character and conduct, we can get to a level of a person who's engaged in constant worship just by developing our character and conduct. The way you talk to people, the way you interact with them, the way you fulfill their rights. You know, the respect of elder people. We've lost it. But the Prophet ﷺ has stressed it. That you know what? If you do not respect the elders and have mercy on those who are young, you cannot call yourselves one of us. Subhanallah. You cannot claim to be a follower of Muhammad ﷺ when you don't have respect of the adults. You don't greet them. You don't respect them. Your mouth is foul towards them. And you want to call yourself a follower of Muhammad ﷺ. According to one narration, you cannot call yourself a member of the ummah truly if you don't do certain things. For example, another narration says, Whoever cheats us cannot be called one who is totally following Muhammad. You know, the literal translation is very scary. It actually means, Whoever cheats us is not from amongst us. Wow. Someone might say that means they're not Muslim. Well, that means they cannot call themselves true Muslims. Correct? They can't call themselves true Muslims. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala strengthen us. So, there is a narration where the Prophet ﷺ says, A man can actually achieve the rank of a person who fasts constantly and stands in prayer at night just through his character and conduct. So, if you want a reward of having stood in prayer all night, and you want a reward of having fasted every day without actually having fasted or stood in the prayer. Yes, you fulfill your basics. Basics meaning the farad, that which is compulsory. You can't say, hey, you know what? My character is really good and I don't have to pray five prayers. My character is good. Here come Ramadan and I actually don't have to fast because we were told in the masjid the other day that you can get that reward if you speak nicely to people, you fulfill their rights. Don't be foolish. There are some duties and obligations unto us that we need to know and we would know they are considered an obligation. Farah. So I cannot change that. I have to fulfill that. But beyond that, I will achieve full reward if I fulfill the rights of other people and I develop my character. I reach out to others. I become selfless to a great degree. I help people in need as much as I can. If I cannot help them, I say a good word to them. And when I need help, I ask Allah. Someone might help me. Those who cannot help me, I don't get angry with them. That's a very important point. When we talk about good character, we always say help people. But we don't ever talk about how when you are in need and people don't help you, you need to find an excuse for them. 
Sometimes you ask a man, hey, I just need a dollar. And he carries on walking. I just need a dollar. He carries on walking. Bad character is for you to start thinking this man is arrogant, this man is proud. He might have given 10 other dollars to 10 other people that particular day. And because the 11th one he didn't give, now he's a bad man. Or he might not have something in his pocket. Or maybe he didn't even hear you. Maybe he didn't hear you. I greeted someone once and they didn't reply. And later on I told him, my brother, you know what, mashallah, tabarakallah, I just want to clear something from my chest here. I greeted you, you didn't reply, were you upset? He said, wallahi, I didn't even hear you. I have so many problems of my own. My mind was preoccupied. I have come across so many people nowadays like this, where they are sitting doing nothing. You greet them, they didn't even look up. Because nowadays you and I know the stress is a lot. And man has become weaker. So we sit and we worry. We sit and think so much that when people are passing, some people are saying things, we don't hear it. Subhanallah. Unless it's about money, then we hear it very fast. MashaAllah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us goodness and ease. So my brothers and sisters, important for us to find an excuse for those who sometimes might not behave in the best way towards us. That is also part and parcel of your own good character and conduct. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us goodness. Last week I made mention of the narration and I actually ended it slightly incorrectly where I said you can get to the level of the messengers and you can get to the level of uh, those who are pious through your character and conduct indirectly that may be correct because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran whoever follows Allah and his Rasul he will definitely be granted ranks or he will definitely be resurrected with those who are pious, those who are high, those who are close unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, those who have died in the cause of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the prophets, etc. But when it comes to good character and conduct, if it were to be part of the entire package, what does that mean? That means you cannot say, like I said earlier, look, I've got good character and conduct, but I, I don't really... Meaning, I don't worry about the other sins. I don't really believe. You have to be a believer. You have to be doing good deeds. And on top of that, you have to be having good character and conduct. You fulfill the rights of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And you fulfill the rights of the rest of the creatures of Allah. You cannot do one of the two. You have to do both. If you want Jannah, you will have to do both. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us all and grant us all ease. Then we need to know something. Pride. Pride is something that Allah detests. He doesn't like it. What is pride? Pride in the hadith speaks about two things. Normally when we look at a person with a nice car, he's got the latest BMW, you know, the, the new 9 series. And what happens is as he's driving it, subhanAllah, we look at him and we say, check at this guy. He's too proud. He's arrogant. He thinks he's a big deal, you know. And when he waves at you, salam alaikum, say, just because he's got a nice car, he's now waving at me. Look at this guy. He thinks he's a big deal waving because he's got a big car. That's our weakness. That's our sickness. The poor man, well, well, well the rich man, he actually greeted you out of his goodness. Allah didn't say that the man who's got something expensive is proud. No, the hadith says that pride is not connected to your clothing and your conveyance, etc. For as long as it is within what Allah has permitted, it's allowed. Yes, if you are wearing clothing that is considered that of pride, dragging it on the ground, etc., etc., that may be considered pride. But the hadith says two things. The hadith says pride is actually... When a person rejects the truth that comes to them, number one. Number two is when a person despises other people. You belittle people, you swear them, you mock at them, you joke about them, you say bad things about people, etc. That is pride. 
I have a dirty nickname for you. That's pride. Did you ever know that? May Allah forgive us all. When we were kids, sometimes we used to call each other names, you know, fatty and skinny, etc. If the man doesn't mind, no problem. But if you have a nickname for someone that they don't like, you know, my bonzo and whatever else, to be honest with you, if they don't like it, you have a problem. It's part of pride because you are despising someone. The Quran says, Don't call each other detested nicknames. Don't call each other detested nicknames. Call them a good name. You know, mashallah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us ease. One man told me that's why I call my wife beauty, although she's not so beautiful. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all understanding. Well, that would be another act of worship. But you need to look for the beauty in people, my brothers and sisters. All of us have beauty given by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Goodness given by Allah. Most of it is shown through character. Did you know that a person's beauty that is within character is far more noticed than their outward beauty? It is far more loved than their outward beauty. A person who is the looker of the world, for example, if their character stinks, no one wants to even go near them. But a person who's mediocre, no one thinks they're really handsome or really beautiful. But their character is so great, they smile at you even without half of their teeth and so on. And they greet you and they help everyone. People will say, wow, what a lovely person, you know. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us a balance of both. Amen. Amen. So it is important for us to know if you want to go to Jannah, you need to rid yourself of pride. The reason is the Prophet says, لا يدخل الجنة he will not enter paradise in whose heart is even a mustard seed's worth weight, weight worth of pride. And the other narration I slipped in, he will not enter Jannah who gossips and spreads gossip. So remember, when you talk, say good things about people. Behind their backs, say nice things. We all have a weakness, I promise you. We all have a weakness that we need to work upon. Where? We say bad things about someone behind their backs. There is one exception when you are allowed to do that. When it has happened to you personally, you have a first-hand experience with someone and you need to warn the others about the evil of that particular person, you have a right to say things. You know, like I've always said, a person who goes to the police to report, he says, you know, this man did something bad to me. And he says, well, what did he do? He says, I can't tell you because I'll be backbiting. Or you go to the judge and the judge says, what happened? And you say, look, I can't really say because that will be backbiting. But you have to understand. Allah says, لا يحب الله الجهر من القول إلا من Allah doesn't like you to make, you know, allowed or to say openly some bad unless you have been oppressed and you are seeking justice or you are warning people. For example, when someone wants to do business with another person or when someone wants to marry into another family and they come and ask you, how are these people? I want to do business with them or my son wants to marry the daughter. It is your duty to be brutally honest, brutally honest in a respectable way. Obviously, you don't have to swear big words. But if you are not honest, you are not a good Muslim because these two things are extremely important. Brother, I'm going to put my money here. You knew the man was a crook. You knew he crooked you and he crooked someone else and you didn't even tell me. And you knew this boy was on drugs and you didn't even let me know. Subhanallah. But make sure what you are saying is absolutely accurate. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all a deep understanding. So the point being raised was let's not gossip, backbite about people or we lose uh, the chances of us entering into Jannah. Similarly, once the Prophet ﷺ was asked by a man regarding Jannah, and the Prophet ﷺ told him, help me to achieve, help me, help me to help you to achieve paradise by prostrating a lot. 
by prostrating a lot. What that means is by fulfilling your salah and by engaging in extra prostration for the sake of Allah, it is the most blessed act of worship where you are closest to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So you want paradise. Yes, inshallah you will have the paradise, but help me to help you get that paradise by prostrating a lot. Subhanallah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us ease. So what that would mean is when you prostrate, it's an act of worship that will inshallah make your entry into Jannah easier. Therefore, take your time in prostration. When you go to sujood, you know what sajda is, isn't it? When you go into that position of prostration, take your time. That is your Jannah. It could be. It just could be. Imagine if you come on the day of judgment and you are a person whom in your community you were the most in sajda what would happen may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant goodness to all of us okay not every one of us can be the one who was the most it has to be one person isn't it but we can all be people who have improved in how we make sajda you know normally in ramadan people read taraweeh and even salah the general salawat that we read you know what happens when it comes to sujood, we literally go down and we shoot up again. As though there was a spring on the ground. We went like a trampoline down and we're up again. And then people say, oh, that imam, he's too good. You know why? We finish in 20 minutes. That's it. We're out. If that is the case, how do you want paradise? Come on, take your time. Go down. The hadith says, Akrabu ma rabbihi wa huwa sajid. The closest a slave is to Allah is when he is in prostration and you are irritated when you get there so irritated you don't even want take your time go there think to yourself wow i'm so close to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say your adhkar you want to make some dua etc no problem subhanallah may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us goodness and ease so if you want to get into jannah one of the good ways and easy ways is to constantly make sujood and to find yourself in prostration this would mean your duty fulfilled and over and above that you are still fulfilling a lot more then I want to make mention of a few more points. One is, on the day of judgment, there will be certain people. There will be certain people who will be called out to go to Jannah. So a caller will call. What will the caller say? One of them is, Where are those who used to praise Allah during times of difficulty and times of ease? Bring them. Bring them, subhanallah. They will be granted that special calling on the day of judgment. You want it? Well, you need to thank Allah upon all conditions. Praise Allah. You suffer a loss, you praise Allah. Alhamdulillah, oh Allah, it could have been worse. I am alive, I'm okay. People are not dead. Here, I've lost something. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all recompense for what we've lost. You want Jannah? Remember, praise Allah. This condition. I remember one day when I was a student in Medina Munawwara, one of my friends took me to meet a sheikh who was sick or he had just been involved in a car accident. He lost a leg. And when we entered the hospital, they asked him what happened. And he said, Alhamdulillah, I lost my leg. And I was like, you know, we were young. I thought maybe this man saying the wrong thing. You know, new Muslim, they don't know. When you, when you ask him about something, instead of inshallah, he says Alhamdulillah. And instead of Alhamdulillah, he says Astaghfirullah because they mix it up. But this was a person who perhaps I thought he's in so much of pain, he's not realizing what he's saying. So he said, Alhamdulillah, I lost my leg. You know, Alhamdulillah, we were traveling and it wasn't even my fault. Alhamdulillah, someone bashed into us. And I'm like, what's going on? Then he said, I thank Allah because I've never used my leg to walk in the wrong direction. And I thank Allah because he took my leg away before I committed sin with that particular leg. And I thank Allah because it could have been worse. And I always will thank Allah because I'm alive, I can still praise Allah. I have greater chances, etc. 
Wallahi, that day changed the way I look at things. Now when a problem happens and I see people at great loss, when I go to them, I say, Alhamdulillah, thank Allah, it could have been worse. It could have been much worse. Thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He's giving you opportunities, chances. So it is true that the Prophet ﷺ says that a caller will call out on that day to say, where are those who used to praise Allah? Not only in good days. Someone announces, you know what? I'm doing a deal with you for $500. Oh, Alhamdulillah, I got a big profit today. $500, big deal. You, you and I know we are struggling today, right? So it's a big deal, Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. What about if someone says you have a loss of 500? You say, Alhamdulillah, Ya Allah, for the last week I've been making 20, 50, 50, 20. Today I'm suffering a loss, but Alhamdulillah, you've been looking after me. Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar. Ya Allah, for 20 years you looked after me. Now for one year I'm struggling. Ya Allah, I thank you, man. You've given me so much. Ayyub alayhi salam, the lesson we learned from him, according to one of the narrations, he told his wife, when his wife told him, why don't you call out to Allah to help you, etc. He said, yeah, oh my wife, Allah gave me good health for so many years. Now sickness, I haven't even got to one-tenth of the number of years. And you want me to start complaining to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us ease. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us. Similarly, another way of entering Jannah, when you have children and you look after them, especially daughters made mention of in the hadith, two daughters, three daughters, you look after them, you give them a good upbringing and you get them married off while they have had a good upbringing. For you is Jannah, by the will of Allah. Obviously, it's up to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Like I say, you cannot just do the one deed. Like one day I told people that, you know, when you, uh, a man achieved forgiveness because, or a woman achieved forgiveness due to a cat, a cat. And the one youngster says, hey, you know what? I know I'm going to heaven because I've got seven cats. I don't have to read salah anymore. Don't have to do anything anymore. I just got these cats. I look after. Brother, SPCA, leave it for them. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us ease. You need to know something. We will be kind to animals and compassionate, but that's not only what Islam is all about. It's just a part of it. It shows that you are generally a good Muslim. So the same applies to these rules and regulations. You cannot just say, hey, I've got three daughters. Khalas. I don't need to fast. I don't need to do anything else. May Allah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us ease. Listen, my brothers and sisters, why is it so important to look after your daughters, get them married, and why do you earn Jannah as a result? Many reasons. One of them, when you have daughters, they're not going to carry your lineage. They're going to carry the lineage of someone else. But you looked after them, you brought them up, you, you brought them up not for you, for someone else. That's why you will get Jannah. You brought them up in a way that you are going to give them to another person. And that person will have greater authority over them than you. That's why you get Jannah. But in this world, some cultures, they charge you in the dunya already. They say, look, I looked after my daughter, you got to pay. I did this, you got to pay. I did that, you got to pay. If that's the case, forget about the Jannah aspect of it. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us ease. For us, all of that comes with Jannah. Allah says, we will pay you. We will give you Jannah. Otherwise, what was the point? It's, it will become an investment. A man says, and I heard someone say, oh, I'm going to be a rich man. Why? I've got six daughters. I'm going to charge so much, you don't even know. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive that type of thinking. So my brothers and sisters, let's remember this. Also, a very interesting point is, and I will end on this note, when we look after orphans and we look after widows, inshallah, it will make our path to Jannah easy. When we look after widows and orphans, it will make our path to Jannah easy. Why? Again, the same reasoning. Many reasons, but one of them is similar to the previous point I raised. These are people, they don't belong to you. They belong to someone else. They belong to Allah. That's it. 
You are paying for them, you are helping them, you are kind to them, you are reaching out to them. The orphan is someone else's son, someone else's daughter. But Allah says, when you help them, I will give you Jannah because you are helping someone who doesn't necessarily belong to you. You're not going to get much benefit from it. When you help a widow, remember, you will earn Jannah because one is she lost her husband. Two is she was already away from her father because she was someone else's wife. Sometimes the fathers are not there, etc. So you need to know when you do it for the sake of Allah, then you have a great reward. Similar reward, like we say, a person who is constantly in an act of worship. That's the narration makes mention of this, even when it comes to widows and orphans. That if you were to look after them, it would give you a reward of someone who's in constant acts of worship. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make our entry into Jannah easy. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you all. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all Jannah. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala really and truly grant us the bond of brotherhood that we so desperately need in the Ummah. Wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala Muhammad.